Jesus calls us to extend our reach so that others can know the love of Jesus Christ. And the apostle Peter, who walked with Jesus, who saw his miracles, experienced the love of Christ in his own life, he writes these words in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other dearly, deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards or managers of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. This scripture verse is one of the foundational verses of Score International and the Lily House. And we are partnering with them. This is why I wanted you to see the video this morning. And I realize it might have been difficult for you to maybe uh, see and catch all the things underneath uh, in the closed captioning. But she was sharing her testimony about how worthless she had felt of being tripped, tricked into uh, the job that she did, but out of a sense of desperation went through with it, and then talking about how Christ, Jesus Christ and the work of Lily House changed her life, literally. And this is what God does. It's what we want to partner with God's Holy Spirit working in and through us. That's why our vision statement here at Porterfield, our mission statement is to love people, and then in that to lead them to Christ because Christ is the one alone who can bring that life change. So it's loving and leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you go to their website, I've got it in the notes for those of you that have the Bible app or the, if you saw on the text, if you signed up for our text, you can get on that and check it out. We've got a link there. But their core values are to evangelize the lost, engage people in missions, equip others, and express the gospel and again, I've got it on the screen here. I know it's difficult to read, so I'll just quickly read it to you. But their vision is to give every man, woman, and child where the ministry serves multiple opportunities, multiple opportunities to hear, see, and respond to the gospel of Jesus through gospel saturation and true discipleship. This has been our methodology as a church for many years now. Rather than us going and trying to start a new work somewhere on a mission field, we want to see where God is at work and where His Spirit is moving and working, and then we want to join and partner with those individuals who have already established a relationship in that culture with the people there, and then we come in to support them and encourage them, and it sends a message not only to them, because here are people traveling a great distance to share the love of Jesus with them, but what happens when we go on mission trips like this Actually, everybody that goes gets ministered to as well. It's a blessing, and God speaks to us, and we learn. And so today, this is really the whole focal point of this worship service because our mission team from Porterfield is going to be leaving on July 5th. And so I wanted to take this Sunday 
uh, to highlight what we do and why they're going, and then also to pray for them, even as we share in communion together. The mission statement is to glorify God. This is of, of uh, Lily House and Score International. To glorify God through missions and obedience to the Great Commission. I like to call it the Great Co-Mission because we're to do it cooperatively with each other as God's Spirit is working in us and we're cooperating with the Spirit of God. Jesus is the one that gave us this. It says in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18, his words are recorded, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's awesome that we've got to see this today right here, you know, baptism, evidence of this. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Did you catch that? Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I hadn't planned on saying this, but the Lord laid it on my heart for first service. I'm going to share it again. He didn't say... Teach them to obey some of the things I've taught you. Uh, Teach them to obey the things they're comfortable with, but the things that they don't agree with me on, they can just ignore. Doesn't say that. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is why it is so important for us as individuals, if we claim to be a follower of Jesus, to actually take the time to read his word. Um, if you got a text from Jesus right now, light up your phone, would you take a look at it? Would you read it? Would your curiosity be up? Well, Jesus has sent us a text, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it's what we call it the scripture text. <laughs> and we don't often take the time to read it because somehow we think it's outdated. But Jesus is eternal, past, present, and future. He always has been, always will be. So the word, when you read his word, it is absolutely relevant in your life, no matter what culture you live in, no matter what time period you live in, because it is eternal truth. And this is what Jesus said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So this is why people from Porterfield are going to the Dominican Republic to do a work there. We are extending our reach Because that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples in effect when he said, go into all the nations. He didn't didn't say, well, just keep it here in Jerusalem or just keep it here in Judea or the surrounding area. He said, no, I want you to take this everywhere. I want you to not just reach out to the people around you. I want you to extend your reach. Now, I want you to do something, if you would, for just a moment. And you can do it right where you're sitting, and hopefully it's not going to bother anybody else around you, but if it does, too bad. So, (laughs) but uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm just going to ask you to reach your arms up in the air. Just reach your arms straight up in the air. Okay, now hold on. I didn't do this first service. I'm ready now. Because I'm going to post this, and I'm going to say, the Holy Spirit has fallen on Porterfield. (laughs) We're now Pentecostal. We're crazy. Now, hey, I didn't tell you to put your arms down yet. So, (laughs) get Yeah, just, oh my goodness, so short-lived. Sorry, Lord. Now, sir, keep them up. All right, now, now, now what I want you to do is I want you to extend your reach. Mmm, extend your reach. Come on, let's see it. What's that mean? There you go. Oh, yeah, there, extend, come on, extend it a little more. You are not putting effort into this. Come on. All right, now, okay, yeah, there you go. All right. 
Okay, thank you. You can now put them down. Thank you for playing. <laughs> but I want you to see, I want you to see what the Lord really inspired me and laid on my heart as I was preparing this message. Because often we talk about reaching out for Jesus. Okay, that's fine. Reach out. Be open. But no, Jesus says, no, I want more than that. I want you to extend your reach. I want you to do the, the extra. I want you to put the extra effort into it because there are people that need to be touched by my love. And so as you're loving each other deeply, I want you to extend your reach to people who don't know me, to people who maybe even hate me. They, they don't care about me. I still want them to know my love. And as I thought about that, I, I literally began to think about the ways in the Scripture that Jesus extended his reach to us, not only just metaphorically, but literally. So first of all, we think of it in this way. Jesus extended his reach to us when he left the comforts and the glory and the majesty of heaven to come into this world and to take on flesh and blood and bone and become one of us and walk among us in this broken world. He extended his reach to us. He extended his reach as a human being when he was willing to leave his hometown of Nazareth and not just minister to the people there, but to travel to the surrounding villages and countrysides and everywhere he went on down to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the other side of the Jordan. He extended his reach. Jesus physically extended his reach when he took the children, the large group of children in his arms, and he blessed them. And he prayed for them because the parents had brought them to him. Jesus extended his reach when he took some dirt and mixed it with his spit and made mud. And then he extended his reach and he put it on the eyes of a man who was blind. And that man received his sight. Jesus extended his reach when he touched a man who had a disease that nobody wanted to touch, leprosy. And in fact, everybody would run away from this man but Jesus extended his reach and he touched him and the man was healed. You see, Jesus is all about extending his reach. Jesus extended his reach in the home of some parents whose little girl had died and he extended his reach down and he took a hold of her lifeless hand and he said, little girl, rise up and life came back into her body and she rose from the dead. Jesus extends his reach. He does more than just reach out. He extends it. Jesus extended his reach when he grabbed Simon Peter's arm, when Simon Peter was sinking in the waves and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus extended his reach to pull Simon up out of the water and to save his life. And he extended his reach when on that night of the Passover meal before he was crucified, he wrapped a towel around him and he got a basin of water and he knelt down and he extended his reach to begin to wash his disciples' feet. He went from doing the magnificent, amazing, spectacular things and miracles. He extended his reach in that way, but he extended his reach to do one of the kind of lowliest duties that anyone would do. And I want us to just look at that for a little bit this morning as we go into a time of communion and to think about how Jesus extended his reach to us and then how he wants us to extend our reach in his name and through his spirit to help others and to serve them. It's in John 13, beginning in verse 1, 
It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. Verse 5, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He extended his reach. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. I want us to stop there for just a moment because that's a really powerful statement. I think Jesus was not only speaking to Peter, but this is a message for all of us. He was saying that because Peter, I think there was a couple of things going on there. We don't know for sure, but we can speculate because putting ourselves in, in maybe his position. Peter had seen Jesus do all these mighty miracles and he believed that he was from God and that he was the Messiah, the Savior. And so he felt kind of like, how in the world could I allow you being the powerful person you are to to wash my dirty feet? So I'm sure that was part of what he was thinking, like any of us would do, a little hesitant, like, oh, that's just too weird, Jesus. But then... Also, it might have been a little bit of pride in there, that that he was kind of prideful and he didn't want Jesus touching his feet or whatever, he's self-conscious, I don't know. Um, But here's what Jesus said to him, Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Now think about that. Because what Jesus was saying to Peter, but he's saying to all of us, if any of you think that you can get to heaven without me, without my washing, without what I'm doing for you, you have no part in me. This is a really serious teaching moment along with a very tender and compassionate moment and a a moment of humility. Unless you let me wash you, you have no part in me. And then, so Peter being like the person that he was, Peter replied, well then not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath only need to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one of you is clean. So now let's go back to a metaphor here or some symbolism that Jesus was teaching. He was basically saying, look, you're clean because you have followed me. You've put your faith in me, but, and, and so I know that you're mine. And I want to wash your feet because in the day-in, day-out grind of ministry, your feet have gotten dirty. They need washed. I think there's a metaphor here for those of us who follow Jesus. We put our trust in Jesus. Bye. Uh, for, the, <laughs> for those of us who, who put our trust in Jesus, um, through the daily life, we sin. We mess up. We get dirty. Our feet, so to speak, get dirty. Our spirit gets a little dirt on it, so to speak. And so we need that washing every day of Jesus. And, and his washing is sufficient for us every day. 
I don't think there's a day go by that I don't pray at some point and say, Lord, forgive me, you know. I know I'm yours, and I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but, but forgive me because I feel like I messed up there. And it's not just the stuff that we do that we ought not do, because that's what a lot of people think about that, you know. And they'll try to get rid of the negative things in their life and think that their life is clean. Okay, well, yeah, Jesus, I got rid of that in my life, and I know that wasn't pleasing to you, and I got rid of that. But here's the danger is there's a lot of people that live a morally good life, but they're missing out on what Jesus has told them to do, and they're not doing it. And that is just as much of a sin as the people that do things that Jesus said not to do. Now, parents, I'll just talk to you for a moment. If you ask your child at whatever age, okay, just go with me, to clean up their room, and they've been well-behaved all day, and they've done, you know, they, they, they've been pleasant to be with. They haven't cried or thrown a fit. But at the end of the day, you walk in their bedroom and their bedroom is still a wreck and they didn't do what you asked them to do. What do you call that? It's disobedience. And that's what sin is. Sin is not obeying or following God in the way that he designed us to. And so there are so many people in the world that sin, not just by the bad stuff they do, but all the stuff that God wants them to do and they're leaving undone. And that touches all of us. So we're all sinners. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the good news. When you put your trust in Christ, his blood makes us clean. The price that he paid on the cross for our injustices, because we are an unjust people, an unjust people. But God in his justice and his righteousness had the just one to give his life on the cross for all of our injustices so that in him we might be justified before a heavenly father. And we might be made right with him. And so that makes us clean because we put our trust in Christ. But again, uh, as we go through the day, sometimes we sin, and so we need to confess those sins. Again, it's not that we've lost our salvation, but we just need to make sure that we're understanding where our cleansing comes from. It's not us trying to make up for bad stuff we've done. It's trusting the one who has cleaned us up, and it's Christ. And this is why Jesus said, not all of you are clean, because Judas had been walking with them also, but Judas's heart was not right with Jesus. Judas was expecting Jesus to do something different, and because Jesus was not meeting the expectations of Judas, Judas not only forsook him, but betrayed him. We see this a little bit earlier in John chapter 6, verse 66. Uh, this was after a time that Jesus gave a really hard teaching and a lot of people that were just the casual Christians, the casual followers, they're like, this is too tough and they quit following Jesus. But the 12 and some of those that were really committed to Jesus, they hung in there, they wanted to. But right after this happened, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, Peter was showing right then that he was clean through his faith in Christ. He was putting total trust in Christ, even when he didn't understand it all. But then Jesus replied, have I not chosen you, the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? You see, Jesus knew that Judas had not put his faith in him, that even though he was walking with him, and I hadn't planned on saying this, but maybe this is for somebody today. I'm trusting God's spirit, but maybe you've gone to church a lot. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home, but that doesn't mean you're saved. Judas walked with Jesus every day. Judas saw the miracles, but Judas' heart wasn't right 
with Jesus because he didn't fully put his trust in him and believe him. So maybe this is for somebody today that's hearing this, that you've, you've sat through sermons, you've gone to church, and I say it in love, but maybe you're being like Judas. Just coming to church doesn't make you safe. Just walking with Jesus doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You've got to have him in your spirit, in your life, and it's all about your trust and faith in him. Do you believe like Peter? We, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. To whom else can we go? We believe that you're from God, the Holy One. So let's go back to that foot washing at the Passover meal. So when Jesus had finished washing their feet, this is in verse 12, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You see, the blessing is not in the knowing. The blessing is in the doing. It's wonderful to come and learn God's Word, and there is a blessing in that, but the blessing isn't fully fulfilled until what you've received and come to know that you extend your reach out and you do for others what Christ has done for you and for all of us, to be willing to serve sacrificially, not just in the big things, but in the little everyday tasks that some people might seem as so menial, but not meaningless. I look at these trees over here, and do you know that people took time to cut out those leaves, cut hundreds and hundreds of those leaves, then they took time to glue them onto those branches. When we look around at these decorations, these are the little menial things that nobody would ever see, but they spent hours doing it. And you know what they were doing? They were extending their reach for Jesus. Even though they, they don't want any credit for how it has enriched our experience here at Bible school, just with the atmosphere. I mean, I love it, the, the details that have gone into this. And that's what Jesus wants you and I to do every day in our life, the little things. It starts at home with forgiving when you've been wronged in the home and trying to work together and all of these things. I know it's tough, but this is, this is real stuff. The Greek word there in the original text for knowing is oida, And it means to see, to perceive, to notice, to get knowledge of, or to discover by any of the senses. So when Jesus said, you know these things, he literally was saying, you just experienced me serving you in this way. Now that you've experienced this, you'll be blessed if you do it for others. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed in the doing of them. So Jesus reminded them of all the service that he had done And yet, he still took the time to minister to them in this very humble way. And that's what he wants us to do as we serve in his name. Because we want him to get the glory, not us. Here's what I want us to think about as I wrap this up. When you extended your arms up, when you extended your reach, it involves effort, right? So, extending your reach involves effort. But here's the other thing. When you extend your reach, whether it's up like this or out like this, you're leaving your whole torso vulnerable, right? There's an ornery side of me that I wanted to run around and jab everybody in the side, you know, when you had your arms up. But 
and I'm, I'm teasing, but, but you, you get the idea. Because so when you extend your reach, you are leaving yourself vulnerable. But that's where you trust Jesus to protect you and to guide you. And that's why it takes faith to even extend your reach. There's risk involved, but it's worth it. And you pray for Jesus to embolden you and to trust you and to get you through. Extending your reach involves stress. It stresses the muscles some, but that's okay because it does involve strength. It involves using what you got. But even in your weakness, Christ's spirit can make you strong. It involves support. And it definitely sends a message when you extend your reach towards someone in the name of Jesus so that they can know the love of Christ. It involves communication. You know, why? There's so much problems here in America. Why would we send people to the Dominican Republic? You're right. There's, there's plenty of problems here. And we do try to minister here on a daily basis, day in, day out, week in, week out. But that doesn't excuse us as we're reaching out here locally that we shouldn't extend our reach to other places of the world. Because there's a message being sent to them. Here's people from America that are going to the expense and taking this long journey to just simply come and to serve us. We're not going there to tell them how it is. We're going there to serve them with the love of Christ. And our prayer is that in that, as they experience and know the service, they'll also experience the gospel message of Christ And that brings me to the final thing as we're getting ready to go into communion. The most important time that Jesus extended his reach was when he allowed his arms to be stretched out and placed on that old rugged cross. And when they put the nails through his wrists and through his feet and he was crucified on that cross. And when he was put up on display for everyone, he could have said, to hell with all of you. He could have said, to hell with all of you. But he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Do you see how important this is? Do you see why this is such a big deal? Do you see why this is different than any other religion, the so-called religion that is in the world? This is all about God extending his reach to us. And he does give an invitation for us to extend our reach to him because he did this in the example with Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 24. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. It says, now Thomas also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came after he rose from the dead, the first time he appeared to them. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails are and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. See, Jesus is extending to you and I the opportunity to believe in him. But he does say, you need to extend your hand to me. But I want you to stop doubting and I want you to believe. And when Thomas did that, he said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. He was absolutely talking about me there and you. I've never seen Jesus in person. 
but I've seen his spirit working through people time and time again. And, and I saw it again this week, and I'm seeing it this morning. Jesus is alive. And not just metaphorically, he's literally alive in heaven. His spirit, he has sent into the world, and he lives in us. And Jesus is coming back one day. And we need to be ready. He wants us to be part of his kingdom. No matter what the rest of the world does, that's why he wants us as his followers to extend our reach so that they might know and be ready. Jesus said in John 20, 21, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Extend your reach. Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Extend your reach. And Jesus is still reaching out his hands today. I'd like to ask our mission team to come up, and we're going to have a commissioning prayer, and then we're going to get right into communion. So if, they, if everybody would just make their way. So these folks that are coming forward right now that you see are the individuals from Porterfield that are going to be making this journey to the Dominican Republic on July 5th. And if you all just kind of, again, stand around all these supplies, because we're going to pray for all of this. Isn't this awesome? All right, would you all stand, and I want you to join me in prayer. Now what I'm going to ask you to do is extend your reach <laughs> a little bit. Just put your hand, those of you that can, just kind of put your hands out toward this team, and I'm putting my hands toward them, and we're going to pray for them. So would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for extending your reach to us through Christ, and uh, for all those, Lord, that have followed that example. It's why we can be here today in this place and have your word to read and to learn from and to speak and to teach. And Lord, I thank you that you're alive. So thank you for extending your reach for us. And Lord, I just pray for this team right now, every single one of them. I pray that you protect them as they prepare to travel, as they travel in their journeys in the Dominican Republic, the ministries that they'll be involved in. I pray for your blessing and empowerment upon them and in them and through them. And I pray, Lord, you'll use them to be a blessing to the people where they are going, that they will see the love of Christ through every single one of these team members. But Lord, I pray also that these team members will be receptive to what you want to do in them through the people there, that you're working your love through them to us. And just may it be a glorious time of learning and experiencing your presence and extending the reach to, to do the little things just like you wash the disciples' feet. So whether it's a, a big task they're doing or a small task, I pray that you bless it. I pray that you bless these supplies that are being taken over there for the children, the school supplies. May it be a blessing when they hold these items, when they use these items. May they remember you and your love and just speak to how you love us even in the needs of everyday things. So, Lord, we pray for your protection, your empowerment, and your effectiveness through every single one using the gifts that you've given them. And return them safely to us, Lord, and we'll look forward to hearing uh, the wondrous things that you have done as we've extended uh, our reach to others so that they may know your love, Jesus. And I thank you and I ask all this in your name. Amen. You can put your arms down and uh, you all can be seated. And I just want to close, as we're, we're, I want to have a, one more prayer. We're going to go right into communion. And hopefully you got those supplies when you came in. And actually, I forgot to get some, so if somebody uh, can... Get an extra one maybe in the back and run it. If not, I already had it earlier today. But um, if you, Thank you. Thank you, brother. So if you listen to this message, 
I just, I don't want to end this without you having a personal opportunity to pray and receive Jesus. And you can do that. You don't have to use some magical words because Jesus knows your heart. But this is a moment, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in this place, and I just want to give you the opportunity between you and God right now where you sit to pray. And by praying to him, you're reaching out, extending your reach to him. And he wants you to believe. So I'm going to pray a prayer, kind of like what I prayed. And you just pray it if you want to join me in that. But you pray it to God and say it in whatever way your heart needs to say it. But let's bow our heads together. So Lord Jesus, um, you know how many times I fail you. And uh, you know all my imperfections and my sins. And Lord, I'm not happy with my life the way it is. And I don't understand everything about you. But I believe that you love me. I believe that you came into this world and you died on the cross for me and my sins. So I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you, Jesus, to cleanse me. Make me clean. Fully clean. Forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life. Help me to live for you. I receive you as my Savior. And I want to learn to follow you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for extending your reach. And I extend my reach to you now by faith. In your name, amen.